Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. I don't usually bring executives from production companies and studios on the show. Uh, not that I am opposed to having them on the program, but generally I'm focused on filmmakers, directors, producers, actors. But in this case, I thought this is a good idea because um, it's Tandem Pictures, and it was uh, founded by Julie Christias, and uh, she's the CEO as well, and um, also her partner in crime in, in this enterprise is uh, Jonathan Blitstein, and he uh, is the co-owner as well as the chief operating officer and one of the reasons I wanted to bring them on the program is because they're doing things differently. And they're doing things that are demonstrating a degree of leadership in the field of filmmaking. They're a very eco-sustainable filmmaking operation. Uh, they deploy all of the resources and standards in order to produce films that, in the making of, um, have the ecology, have our environment at the uh at the center of their enterprise. They also are one of the leaders in the field of filmmaking in terms of bringing in and empowering women behind the camera. They have made it their focus to bring in female-centric storytelling. Uh, they pride themselves on the fact that their cast and crews are composed of the underserved and underrepresented minorities, including LGBTQIA, as well as women. And with that, I'd like to introduce Julie Christias. She's the founder and CEO of Tandem Pictures, as well as Jonathan Blitstein. He is the co-owner and chief operating officer of Tandem Pictures. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks, Mike. Well, again, we're really so excited to be here chatting with you today. Well, thank you for being here. Julie, uh, what was it about the, the film environment, the world that you were living in at the time that you felt the need to establish Tandem Pictures? I started Tandem Pictures in 2010, uh, really with an eye towards giving women more of a platform, whether it was in front of the camera or behind the camera. And, you know, I came up with a pretty nuts and bolts education of production as a coordinator and manager and line producer. And it was at a great film company um, in New York that I got to be an executive across production and development and really begin to understand the type of business model I could put together um, to have a successful company and also take, take the leap that I would be able to you know, choose projects and teams that would ultimately be, be successful. That's, that's really why I started it. And the mission has evolved so much since that moment, but but ten years ago it was it was wanting to give women more of a shot in my living room with legal zoom. <laughs> there you go, legal zoom. Well, fantastic. Well, Jonathan Blitstein, where did you come in to uh, as chief operating officer of uh, Tandem Pictures? Sure. Thanks so much for for having us on the show, Mike. I came out of NYU Film School, and after working in marketing on some really cool independent films like Squid and the Whale and Korean thrillers like um, Tale of Two Sisters and Old Boy, I, I quit that job and went off to just get working in production. 
I was really, I really missed being on set. And so um, I started working as a PA. I worked in various departments and ended up meeting Julie. I poured her coffee and was a PA on a shoot that she was a production manager on. We got to be great friends. And she ended up helping me put together my first indie feature that I wrote and directed way back in 2006. Um, and that was a little mumblecore movie. And I learned a lot in the process and then went off and worked in um, brand content and, uh, and got a master's degree. And then about four years ago, Julie and I had kept in touch and I reached out and I said, hey, I'm, I'm really looking to just get back to the nuts and bolts of film producing. I want to just be making movies. I don't want to be working in the, in the corporate world anymore. And it just made sense at the time. We both saw a shared vision for how we could grow the business and build on the amazing mission and mandate that Julie had created. Uh, and so I uh, joined the company. And we have just hit the ground running to expand everything. And so something that's really great that Julie, you know, talks about is her, um, her, her figuring out that business model in 2010. And a lot of that was making uh, brand content and commercials and social ads um, that would fund the business and allow Julie to, you know, pay the bills and run the company, but that would underwrite the creation and, and development of these films and support of incredible emerging voices, young filmmakers, female filmmakers, filmmakers who wanted to make stories about women. And, and I did um, some consulting and sustainability and was thinking a lot about the environment. And so when I joined, I said to Julie, hey, let's start to look at um, sustainability. We, you know, we saw everything that's led up to what's happened with the Black Lives Matter protests and all of this, you know, social justice work that needs to be done and advocacy that needs to happen in the world. And so that mission has grown and we really see ourselves now as a social impact independent film company where for us, um, you know, being a platform for people and the planet and women and underserved and underrepresented communities is super important. And that's really how we're we're you know putting our feet forward today. That's where activism and business. This is where it meets the road. This is where it have is essentially practicing what you preach, putting it into practice, and also finding success. And I, Julie, for you and for Tandem, I am seeing someone who interviews close to two hundred filmmakers a year. In the last, I can tell you, in the last four years, I've I have seen what I think, what I hope is a real uptick in female directors, female producers, you know, be, behind the camera cinematographers. I've seen a lot of cinematographers, women cinematographers of late. And, and I know that this has always been kind of a thing in the film business is it's been in the past, you know, that the, the first project of a filmmaker, a woman who's starting out, she gets, she'll make that first movie. It's the second and the third movie is where really things become increasingly more difficult for women's voices to be heard, where they might have a runaway hit at Sundance or Tribeca. Everybody's feeding them as the next big thing. It's getting the financing for those second and third films that's been the issue. Is am I is that sound correct to you, Julie? Is that absolutely I'm and I I do want to say, you know, I think the the amazing thing that's happened across the last couple of years is that the lens is being focused on women who have always been there. You know, it's not like all of a sudden, all these women have emerged. Look how talented they are, look how <laughs> smart they are. You know, we've, we've, we've been around, we've been working. Right. It's just all of a sudden, certain people are paying attention and that's fantastic. And that's, and that's part of what Johnny and I really wanna do. You know, we, we believe 
along with many other people that social justice and climate justice are linked. And that the more we look at those two issues, and certainly those issues are the issues that affect the filmmakers that we wanna work with the most, it's clear to see how one feeds the other. And as far as you know, women having a tougher time getting their second project across, I mean, I know many stories. One friend and colleague um, who, you know, I made, I, I produced her first film, The Sleepwalker. It went to Sundance. Um, she got incredible accolades, had a fantastic cast, and it took more than five years to get the second movie off the ground. And it was a project she directed, but not one that she that she wrote. Everyone's path is different, but that does seem to be an interesting challenge is taking that success as a woman from the first one and, and keeping that momentum to really show people that the next, the, the next one can, can be close on the heels of the first. It doesn't have to take that long. Right, right. I think about people like Anna Bowden. All right, now she, I had her on for Half Nelson and for Sugar along with Ryan. It was great to see what she's now, she entered into that kind of major league. What a debut. Her yeah. debut, yeah. They had they made the kind of films that do well at the festival level, but then are not given the opportunity beyond that. I want to bring up a tandem picture project, which is Black Bear, which is being produced by Aubrey Plaza. And I know she's also the star of it, and she's intimately involved in all of these things. I think that is a great example. And whether, Jonathan, you want to take that, talk about how that's been been a big part of what Tandem is doing? Um, yeah, sure. And in, in which in which way it's... Well, um, just, I mean, first of all, the reviews for Black Bear have been remarkable, been great. And it's great to see Aubrey in a role in, behind the camera, being a producer. So talk about the project. How, how did it come about? Uh, gosh, uh, back in 2018, friend of a friend got us the script and said, hey, you should, you should meet this uh, writer, director, Lawrence Levine. I, I wasn't as familiar with his work. And even though we tangentially knew each other and were in the same sort of social circle, we both sort of came out of this uh, drama and film community and in and around NYU and in New York. Julie and I read the script and we were just blown away by the writing. It had these elements that were elevated, that felt like classic movies, that felt like the kind of dialogue and stories that are memorable. And we loved that there was this backstage drama of the film within the film. And, you know, it, it sort of touched this, this spot that we were like, hey, this is something that we want to tell. And then additionally, there was a lot of social commentary in the story that was relevant to us about the way men treat women, the way women treat each other, the way artists uh, make sacrifices in the creation of, of anything that, that is, has the potential to be beautiful. And that really spoke to us. And so we had a meeting with Lawrence and started just working on putting it together. And it really, it took a long time because this was such a unique project that was hard to define. And I think one of the reasons that we're getting a lot of, a lot of reviews and a, and a lot of positive feedback is that the movie doesn't tell you what to think. It asks a lot of questions and it, and it asks you as the viewer to, to think about what your relationship is to the movie. I think Sarah Gadden in a recent interview said one of the best things that she likes about the project is that people are saying, oh, I relate to this character. I relate to this character. And so people are, are thinking about themselves and their relationship to the world through the project. And they're curious. They want to have conversations. And I think that's one of the greatest compliments that Lawrence could be given for this project is almost everyone that has chosen to reach out to me no matter what their comments about the movie are, the 
common thread is I just wish we could get together. I wish we could go have a drink. I wish we could have a coffee and talk about this. My mind's exploding and I'm alone in my house needing a friend to chat with. So I think Lawrence's curiosity about people and art and given sets of circumstances and what those circumstances make us do has translated to, to the film and it's inspired audience curiosity as well, which is really cool to see. I'm so drawn to films and, and art projects that don't, a, don't answer the questions that they're asking, that they leave it to, to you to, to determine whatever you think it might, it might be. And, and in addition to Aubrey being, as I said, the, one of the leads in the film, she's also the, one of the producers, but it's got a great cast. You mentioned Sarah uh, Gadden. Yeah, mm-hmm. I say that, Gaddon. Yep, Sarah um, Gaddon. And, and I, Christopher ha- Abbott is is still, in my opinion, remains criminally under the radar in terms of of his, as an actor, as someone who's recognized for his work. He is just so talented. I, I mean, I think when you see this this movie, when every time I watch the movie. I'm just blown away by the performances. I can't watch it and not say, man, these guys really <laughs> ran the race. They, all of them, Sarah, Chris, and Aubrey, all just really gave it. They gave us everything they had. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be terribly long before all of them are household names. They're just such talented artists. Yeah, well, and I just, I go back to uh, his performance in James White. I just remember that's yeah. the first time I saw him in, in, a, in a role. I mean, a real, he was the lead in that film and he was amazing. And I thought, well, this guy's going to be, you know, one of those guys that they talk about on the marquee, right? And he's continued to kind of work in the, the independent film world. Yeah, he did a lot of great theater. I first saw him in theater in New York. I think it was the House of Blue Leaves on Broadway. He had uh, in a, a small part, but it was so powerful. He came out and did this monologue and it just shook the theater. And then he did this year, I mean, Catch-22, and he got the the nomination for that. And then this year, Possessor and Black Bear. I think it's it's just awesome that, that these actors are out there working so hard, putting in so many hours and continuing to churn out these amazing performances. And Aubrey, obviously, with um, Happiest Season and Black Bear coming out at the same time, I think one of the things that we don't think about as producers is exactly what else are, are the performers doing that's going to be released similarly and how is that going to affect the release? I think it's so funny that um, there's been such a Twitter uproar about the Happiest Season movie for Aubrey um, that that has bled into some of the press around Black Bear and people are, are cracking all sorts of jokes online. So it's, it's those external things that you can't even predict that can affect how people are thinking about and talking about your movie in, in the public consciousness, which is, is exciting for us. Well, that's also one of the challenges and one of the rewards of being an artist is you do the things that you feel drawn to. If you have that luxury of being able to get to that point in your in your career where you can pull you can do projects and you're you're kind of planting seeds, you're putting seeds out. And as they flourish, uh, you see a bigger picture of that particular artist. And 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 you talking about Aubrey. I mean, she's so versatile. She's extremely funny and she can be very, very great in a dramatic role. And Christopher, I was just looking at his his list of films and Piercing. Have you seen Piercing? Yes. That is, I've had Nick on, the, the director on a couple of times and I wouldn't want to be his uh, therapist. Trust me. I mean, that that's there's some serious <laughs> issues there. <laughs> Because he did Eyes of My Mother, right? I think that was his other film. Was, Which, uh, yeah, tam- that's a tandem movie. Is that yeah. yours? 
Oh my God. You're I, wow. I executive produced that one. Oh my, oh my God. Wow. I still, I still shudder to think about that movie. Yeah. That was some, yeah. Like I said, Nick needs help, but. Uh. I, I remember watching it at Sundance and my husband said, uh, there's a very specific part in the movie where my husband said, if this wasn't your movie, I would, I would walk out because it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life now. I can't take that out of my mind. Yes, there's some things you can't unsee, and that certainly yeah. would be in that category. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, yes, well, I didn't know that. Well, thank you for, well, it's on me for not being more prepared. That That's a tandem picture. Oh, my but God. Cool. You see how things come around. They're speaking <laughs> of that, the full circle. And Nick's well, gone on to have a, a really, really great career as a director, and I think that that's one of the values that Julie and I are so embedded in and thinking about is, you know, as producers, we get to curate and read and develop these projects. And then sometimes these emerging talent, I think Nick was, uh, was he an editor, Julie, at another company and then just came up. I mean, the folks. Yeah, who, the project came to us through Borderline. Yeah, through Borderline. Um, mm -hmm. And these filmmakers like get their first shot, like Jeremy Hirsch, who's filmed The Surrogate we did uh, in 2019 and also came out this year. We we're excited about seeing the talent go out and build careers that then lead to bigger and bigger things. And it's really something that's that's meaningful and powerful about what we get to do. Well, you can go to tandempictures.com to find out more about the content that you've been producing, uh, as well as upcoming projects and things that are, are, are in the pipeline. So, uh, well, I want to go back to one other part because I, I got caught up as a sort of fandom here a little bit in terms of what you guys have been doing. But I also do think that the sustainable model for a business is so very, very important. We are rapidly approaching a point of no return in terms of our world and our, its sustainability. I just saw a story today about how the Arctic uh, environment is changing at a pace that they just could not have imagined. And, it, and yeah. it's happening right now. These are things that we're going to be dealing with. It's just how we get through this part of what we've done to the planet and moving forward, how we can be better shepherds, right? It's so important, Mike. And honestly, you know, good practices, best practices can be standard practices with some attention. And I really give John so much credit for showing me how we could standardize our practices across all of our work at Tandem Pictures. And, you know, when he first joined the company, he said, no, came to set and noticed things that were happening and said, look, look at these things that are already happening. We can do so much more. We're capable of doing so much more. We can double down and really work to understand how every department can behave in a sustainable way. And now when we produce work, what's really happened is when we look at those, you know, puzzle pieces and we look at those bullet points that have to get accomplished in order for a project to get set up to really be successful, to put together the best team, to put together the best uh, places, to put together the best artists. We've shifted our point of view to not only set up a project where it can be successful, but to set up a project and ask, how can each of these elements, how can each of these puzzle pieces serve the film and serve the work and be done? in a sustainable way. And that's the piece. We've got to be we've got to be curious too. Just like our filmmakers as they're telling the stories of of whatever people that they're trying to shine a light on, 
we've got to be curious about how we can help bring that story to life in a way that doesn't harm our fellow citizens and that doesn't do further harm to the planet. And that is just a, it's so important. It's not only important to us, it's important to every living person and, and every person we hope will be able to enjoy this planet when we're long gone. It can be done. Environmental Media Association is a wonderful partner to us. We were just so humbled and thrilled. We've been asked to um, join their board and we've just done that this year. We are really looking forward to to learning more and to also being able to educate in our place and our world of indie filmmaking on what we've been able to do every time that works and what we've only been able to accomplish a few times, which we'd like to do more of, and really start every time we do it, we wanna get better and better and better and better at it. And Black Bear was awarded their green gold seal for all of our efforts on that set. And we couldn't be more proud of that. We're just, we're just as proud of that as every good review that we see coming out right now. Well, the first one through the door is usually it's the tough, it's the tough slog to get through, to push those boundaries a little bit and people understanding. And, but my, my hat's off to both of you and for your work. And it won't be long before people will be trying to take credit for being the first people to start uh, behaving like this on, on, on Great. Right. The, more, the more the merrier. Let's let's all throw ourselves in the bucket of the firsts and yes. just do it. I, to me, uh, this just goes right to my soul. And that is what you're talking about from a business plan perspective, but also finding filmmakers, finding artists who, who are telling great stories and doing it in a way that is enriching to all of our lives. And I, I thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. And we've been talking with the founder as well as the CEO of Tandem Pictures, and that would be Julie Christias, as well as the co-owner and chief operating officer of Tandem Pictures, Jonathan Blitstein. It's been an honor to have you on the program, and I look forward to future work, and hopefully you'll come back and see us again sometime. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate the time today. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.